So I say this all the time, but if you're a social media manager and you want to charge your clients more, there is a tried and true way to do that. Show the receipts. In other words, you want to share the results that you can get via data and insights. So create epic reports and case studies. Show your clients your efforts are truly moving the needle. A hundred percent. And this is one of the many reasons why I love using Later. Their pro analytics provide me with all the insights and data I need to highlight and prove to my clients that what I'm doing is valuable. If you're ready to level up your offerings and raise your prices, one simple way to do it is reporting those epic results. And Later's pro analytics makes it way easier to do. To see for yourself, head over to later.com and use the code CFNF22 to get two months free of the growth plan. That's www.later.com and use the code CFNF22 to get two months of the growth plan for free. Click through the link to our show notes to get all the details and give it a try. Welcome to the Close Friends No Filter Podcast. I'm Stephanie. I'm Anu. And I'm Laura. And in our experience, nothing spreads faster on social media than rumors about what does and doesn't work on social media. Social media changes fast, and there's no shortage of bad advice, outdated tips and tricks, baseless urban legends, and myths begging to be busted. And that's where we come in. With a combined 25 years in the industry, we're here to help you sift through 10,000 pounds of regurgitated social media BS and get to the truth so you can stop stressing over gossip and start focusing on growing your business. Okay, we are back for another episode of Close Friends No Filter. I am joined with Stephanie from the Social Media CEO and Manu from your social team. Hi, girls. Hello, Laura. How are you? Hi, good to see you. Good to see you guys. So glad we're here again for another episode. Today, we are talking about Instagram versus reality. So in this episode, we are talking about expectations of Instagram versus what you can actually get from Instagram and the amount of work that it takes and how long it takes. So I know we've been on Instagram for a while. I remember when you used to post on Instagram, you'd instantly get 2,000 likes, go viral, hit the explore page, get a bunch of followers. It was super easy. And now it feels like you spend hours creating a post, you pop it up, and it's like pulling teeth to get engagement. So I think, you know, it doesn't always have to be that way. Some days are better than others. But I think it's really important to talk about the expectations of Instagram versus, you know, what you can actually expect to get in return from showing up consistently and authentically and all those things that are the bare minimum. Yeah, I think people have a lot of expectations of going viral and being the overnight success. And now I feel like Reels kind of renewed that expectation a lot. So I think even though some people did grow overnight with Reels over months, I mean, you grew a lot of Reels, Laura. Even still, I don't think it's an overnight success. Like you've been working a lot in your education. And I know that for a fact, because you're my student, you know, in my courses. But like, I know how much you invest in your business all around it. So you're doing all this work that if you got more exposure because of Reels and you grew your account, you're still doing that work and it wasn't overnight. You've been putting effort and you continuously put it for years. And I think if you're doing, if you, even if you are the overnight success and things work right away, I think you still need the background, like you still need the foundation, right? So even if you're an overnight success, there's no overnight success because then what do you sell? Like, how do you leverage those people? What's your foundation that you still need to work on that it's definitely not an overnight thing. So I think um, that's a good thing to keep in mind. 100% 
percent, it makes me think of like what they called the Oprah effect. You know, back in the day when Oprah would like have people on Oprah's favorite things show. That was like the beacon of like a product-based business, right? Like you wanted to be listed there, but they called it the Oprah effect that like it could really blow up a business. But if the business didn't have the foundation, that that overnight success actually was to the detriment, Manu's favorite word for 2022, yes. <laughs> of the business, right? Like it actually crashed the business because they couldn't keep up and fulfill orders. There's customer support was not in place. Like they had no background or foundation to be able to deal with the overnight like success that they saw, quote unquote, overnight success. So Laura's success with Reels was that she found almost like the a perfect divine timing, essentially with like a format where she could use all the education and the investment that she had in her business to show up in a new way in front of an audience that was ready to take that information in with the format she was presenting it. So it was almost like your like all-star moment, right? But like things were happening to get you to your Oprah moment so that you were able to fulfill the expectation on the other side of it. The, the hard part is when you see those accounts that are like, I'm brand new to Instagram and I started using Reels every day during the 30 day challenge. And now I've grown this entire, like all these people are looking at me and I'm like, and what is your business? Like, what are you actually doing? And who's helping you like support all of your DMs and fulfill your product? Like, how are you helping people succeed? Like, what's the success rate for the people who are following your program? Like, it can be a really negative thing to blow up too quickly and not be prepared. Yeah. So I think we want to make sure that it's like the two sides of that coin, right? Like you think that's what you want and you think that's what other people have, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes of their business and all the time leading up to those moments. I love that you bring up Oprah because I saw her live in Vancouver pre Panini and um, <sighs> I know good old days. And she said this quote, it said, um, luck is where hard work meets opportunity. And I feel like that is like exactly like you said, that's what happened for me. Like I had been working really, really hard for years and years. And then, you know, the opportunity of reels came along and everyone that was watching was like, oh, it's so lucky. Like you blew up overnight. And it's like, no, I was working. So easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, I actually worked really hard for a long time. And I happened to have that opportunity with Reels to share that knowledge that I'd already like accumulated and put in other formats into a new format that people just happen to like. So definitely feel like it can look like people are an overnight success or it can look like someone has it so easy on Instagram, but it's not like luck in the traditional sense. It's, you know, hard work with a bit of opportunity that creates, you know, that luck. I would love to share and I think it would be cool for you guys too, for us to share with people like what it really looks like, what it took from us because I could tell you like, oh, you know, like I can get a thousand followers in a week and this is how, but I could only get a thousand followers in a week when I started a business out of a business that already had a ton of followers, you know? So when I started your social team, obviously I started from zero followers and I have to say that the first thousand take forever. The first thousand, no matter your knowledge, takes for freaking ever. But I also have to say that when I had 500 followers, a local big business that was literally, I was focusing more on Atlanta locally at that point in time, and a business in Atlanta that was like everybody's favorite new hot thing reached out to me because they saw my content. They wanted to see if I could manage their social media. And I could not believe it that they found me on Instagram with 500 followers. So it's not to say that it's all a waste. There's all the little facets of what you can get with Instagram. Again, like we all talked about already, like the importance of followers. It's not, we're not going to be one of those people like followers don't matter at all. But also it's not like you have to wait until then to have any benefit or any success. But my first thousand took forever. And then my first 10,000 took forever. 
And of course, as an Instagram educator, I aim to get to 10,000 to more than that. Like I have a lot more than that today, almost five years in. But I think also for a different type of business, it's sometimes a little unrealistic to even want to have 10,000 followers or 20,000 followers today. Yeah, I agree. Before one of the other episodes we were going to film, I was scrolling back to the archives of my account when I first started my business back in like mid 2015. And you know, all the nostalgia of like, just little baby stuff, like not knowing what, just sharing everything, you know, not really knowing what direction I was going to go. But I had come from a, also a background of having managed other accounts for like larger retailers. So there's definitely that like, I want to just keep showing up and like, try to get my account to have as many followers as like this, you know, huge global brand, which still hasn't happened. I'm still waiting. But as far as like the amount of times I posted, like looking through those archives where I was like, it's the weekend and I'm catching up on work. Like I was working like all the weekends, like in my business, you know, like catching up and I didn't even have that I think I had three clients but it was like I was juggling all three clients myself and then I was also trying to educate through my Instagram account and on my uh, agency's blog that entire time and like you said Mania was like I don't even know if I can remember follower count at that time but I do know it was like you know just a churn I do know that I was finding a lot of engagement with my community and I was really focused on having those real conversations so that was part of it but I was doing it you know Monday through Sunday, essentially, like all day long, creating content or writing content or, you know, doing some sort of like hands on experimentation. And I had later that back when it was later Graham, it wasn't even later yet. It was later G-R-A-M-N-E was the brand. Someone from later reached out to me and I started getting to write blog posts. This is like the first year of my business, which felt like huge, right? And so that was really great. Like you said, like maybe a little bit of luck as well, like coming in and not really knowing what this opportunity was gonna become because now, you know, here we are six years later and still have a partnership with them and still use later as my scheduling platform and still really love that brand, but it helps me establish myself as an expert, which helped me grow my account. So it's not just like I was just doing Instagram stuff and that helped me grow my account. I was doing blog stuff behind the scenes. I was educating on the blog, using Pinterest. I was like staying up nights, right? Working that like 14, 15 hours a day to publish my own content on top of managing my clients and then happen to work with a brand that helped start to bring some eyeballs over to me. So it was like kind of a perfect strategic partnership for me to grow within that first year of business. But it's been like a steady role ever since. But like, you know, I'm not working for 15, 15 hours a day anymore, but I've outsourced to team members, but it's still, there are times when I'm not growing my account by thousands of people a week. It's a struggle. I actually wanted to mention today, I was talking to Laura, we both went live and we used to do 2021, most of the year we did a live room together. Uh, I love live rooms. I want to go back to doing that. Maybe by the time we have this episode in the air, we're already doing that every week but that was a huge way to grow you know like it was consistent but i think also like as far as expectations it would be kind of cool to see what this looks like today because i want to look at my insights and i haven't really done much you know since before the holidays and i'm sure like i'm picking up in january end of january or mid mid january but i wanted to see like my follower growth used to be 800 per week or something which is you know a lot but also i have a bigger account and it's people share like it everything is exponential right i grew i don't know looking at january 1st or something that week i grew like 30 people you know so so i think it's also something that it's not like oh i i always like saying like big accounts of people that are knowledgeable like us also struggle with engagement. We also struggle with growth. Like it's a very intentional thing that doesn't even work every day. Like I did a campaign this year starting January 1st and I knew a lot of people would be out. 
my posts for the campaign were performing really poorly. So I actually did more posts than I had planned on. The campaign did fine, you know, but if you look at each post, like, oh, if I'm counting likes or something, I'm really upset, you know? So I think also like think of the goal of the things we're doing to have the right expectations. It's like, yeah, if you put a sales post, the way people interact with that sales post is that the right people are going to see and be, oh, that's awesome. Let me go to their LinkedIn bio. They're not going to be like, oh, best post of everything. Let me share, save, you know, like, comment. So I think just those kind of expectations are also healthy to have when it comes to Instagram. I think one of the reasons expectations get so skewed is because we do see like the overnight successes or the people that appear to be overnight successes. And often they'll be the ones that say, oh, just post like 10 reels a day or like just do this. And it's like, you forget that maybe they have like a friend or a family member or another business that's, you know, feeding them traffic there. Or maybe they have, maybe they're on a reality TV show. Like we don't know, right? Like people have so many different like opportunities that can help them grow their account quicker. And if you look at them and you look at yourself and you think like, oh, I'm not growing fast enough. like that can be that can be really toxic and really one way to get yourself stuck on Instagram and to not feel good about it. I know we've all talked about this at length, either on previous podcasts kind of mentioned it or behind the scenes. But that is one big thing that I think a lot of people really just forget about when they're looking at who they're going to follow for advice and the people who are sharing information on how to grow. You're looking at people who are like used to be a fitness influencer and that's how they really grew or used to be a photographer and that's how they really grew. And they use the platform for their one goal in a specific way and then decided to pivot to education because they knew that that was going to be the more lucrative, less hands-on way to make money. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, that's incredible. But I do think like we talked about before, like you need to go back and look at like who they were before they started educating and is the information or them educating, make sure that you don't look at their vanity metrics and go, the information they're sharing is legit. This is the social proof that says that the way they're telling me to grow is like somehow the way they grew, because that might not be true. And that's why I mentioned like I was able to grow my account in the very beginning of my business because I happen to have a partnership with a very large scheduling platform that helped me grow. If I was to say to everyone, like, this is how you grow your Instagram within the first year of your business, just show up and work nights and weekends. And that's not telling the whole truth in the story. It's like, I happen to have the strategic Strike partnership. partnership. That, yes. Right. Yeah. I did a couple of years ago, I think Joe Biden started his Instagram account before he was president and Obama gave him a shout out. So I did a, I think it was an IGTV short video. It was right when IGTV started. And I did this little video saying how to grow your account, start an account to how to get a million followers in two days or something. And it was like, start an account, get a shout out from Obama and boom, you know? Right. But like you said, it's like, do I have a famous like sibling or like parent? Like I see that on TikTok a lot, right? You're like, who is this person? And you realize, oh, yeah. they're like the, the daughter or the yeah. son of someone that like we actually know. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, that's, and then they're now all of a sudden trying to educate you on how to grow your account. And it's like step one, have a famous relative. Like it's really not the same thing, right? And I see a lot of people that are like step one, like be attractive. Step one, you know, be rich, like those kinds of things. And I think we have to look at the whole picture of, of everything as far as like our circumstances. This episode is sponsored by the Social Media Manager Market. The Social Media Manager Market is an online directory exclusively for, you guessed it, social media service providers. The Social Media Manager Market has curated the most talented social media managers, strategists, digital marketers, and social media agency owners in one place. Not to mention, we source some of the best social media marketing jobs from across the internet. 
So whether you're a social media manager for hire or a business owner who needs to find someone to handle your social media marketing, the social media manager market is the place for you. Social media service providers who want to attract new ideal clients and job opportunities can choose from three different listing options to showcase your business's unique personality. Get your business listed on the social media manager market and start attracting new opportunities today by visiting www.socialmediamanager.market and save 50% off your listing with coupon code NOFILTER. Let's not discount people who may be famous and rich and gorgeous and related to Obama that are actually working on their expertise and and are a credible source and they have the knowledge to back them up. So not to say that that doesn't exist. It's just to say that every time you get advice from someone or that you associate yourself with someone in any shape or form, you should be looking a little more deeper into where that comes from. But I think also not compare, right? Because that's the other thing about Instagram versus reality is like our expectations are so skewed because we hear like Laura mentioned her examples is like just do this just do that so if the person talking to you and giving you advice business advice growth advice and they're simplifying it like it's super easy what like it's hard yeah Yeah. like it's hard yeah exactly (laughs) so I think that's something that we should really look into and be like why is this person framing this like it's the easiest thing in the world when it's really not it's that red flag meme yeah red flag where it's like it's just so easy yeah Mm -hmm. it's just this yeah so what do you guys think are some realistic expectations you can have on instagram i think from day one is to use it as a portfolio of your knowledge what you offer your business could be product could be service it does not change number one is a reference for people to look at your business look at you and be like, okay, they are legit. Like that's the first thing. And you can do that in one day. So you're taking, you're getting benefit right away just from creating that account, even if you are the one manually sending people to it. Another thing would be, like I said, converting referrals, because if you bump into someone you know in the grocery store and they tell you like, oh, I have this fabulous like lash person that you should check out. And they will be like, okay, this is their phone number or this is their website. Like, you're not going to remember it, but they're like, oh, it's called like Lucy's Lashes on Instagram. I don't know Lucy's Lashes, by the way. It's just made, yeah. made it up. But it's like... Not yeah. sponsored. Yeah, not yeah. sponsored. Don't know Lucy. Yeah. She has a lash business. Anyway, but it's like, this is behind on Instagram. You're either going to like do a quick follow or go a quick search right away, or you're going to remember that because Instagram is a place you're already in. So they might even just like tag you on a post right away or something like that, as opposed to like someone gives you a website. It takes you to remember the website, to sit at home in your laptop because you don't really search on your on your phone. So there's a lot of those benefits that you can get right away. And I think over time, yes, creating an audience, growing your account, and that growth, depending on what you do, it could be that it's 400 engaged people. Like I used to manage an account for a local veterinarian clinic, and they're amazing. And we agreed from the get-go that we're not going to grow big and do giveaways and stuff because... They can only cater to people who live like within five miles from them. So and have a dog or a cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what would be the point of reaching out to a dog influencer that lived elsewhere, you know, and things like that. So we actually, I don't manage their account anymore. And I think this, we started in the beginning of 2018. Just now they reached a thousand followers. But since the beginning and they opened that clinic, the clinic has been growing. A lot of people come to them from Instagram. So 
growing an audience doesn't mean the same every time. I think it's always important, but it could be that it's a small engaged audience that is local or hyper-targeted. But I think that would be the next thing for you to kind of get more eyes in your business, more sales, more clients. Yeah, I agree. Like it's an opportunity. Like I so said, going back to my old posts, like I realized that I was really taking the opportunity to like connect with people and not, you know, not focus so much on the number piece of it, but just like making sure that like I was making everybody feel they're part of my community and I was talking to them and like learning what they, you know, there's a lot of like suggestions for content in my old comments, like people asking questions and giving me ideas. And so I think looking back, like whether I realized I was doing it or not, because it's still like just a fresh business owner, just who knows where my brain was. But I think ultimately, when I look back on it, I was using it as an experimentation period. I know that I, I mentally mindset wise was not afraid to post anything on my feed and have any kind of conversation. And I think that really allowed me to very quickly sort out what people wanted from me. So I think the expectation should be to use, especially if you're brand new, to use that as a period of like, you're never going to not have more eyes on you than right now, right? So, or you're never going to have as few eyes on you. So it's a perfect time to screw have it fun. up. Yeah. Like a, yeah, just do whatever, <laughs> do whatever you want and kind of look at it more as like a freedom to experiment, but for sure not expect it to like build it and have people come, but to be more proactive and not to look at it as like people have to be able to find me through hashtags or keywords or, you know, happen to cut showing up on the explore page, not to let it like re don't rely on luck, go out and like make some things happen. Like Manu had mentioned, like with strategic partnerships or going out and looking for those connections, being very tar targeted about who you're, in you know, engaging with from your side. Yeah. I think like for me with Instagram, one of the cool parts that I thought was like the opportunity to network with just about anyone. I was just thinking like the three of us met on Instagram and it's crazy because like we never would have met if it wasn't for Instagram. And I think that was one cool thing is like, even when I was in Vancouver, like I was connecting with other business owners in Vancouver on Instagram, like people I otherwise wouldn't have met because maybe we work from home and, you know, pre COVID, like we were still working from home. Maybe we don't have a co-working space. Maybe we're just the type of people who want to work from home. So I met like so many cool business owners on Instagram, still in the same city as me. So that was a really cool part about it. And I also think like in terms of what kind of growth you can expect if you're showing up consistently, like I don't want to put a number on that because I think people say like, oh, I should be growing like this much a month. I should be growing this much a week. But I think like if you're showing up consistently, whatever that looks like for you, if you're showing up like day after day, that's maybe how I want to frame the word consistently, then I would say you want to see positive growth. Like I think that should be the expectation or the benchmark perhaps is that you do see positive growth day, like maybe week over week, because I do have days myself where I'm negative for growth. But I think like using Instagram as a tool and knowing that it's not a magic wand, like you still have to do something, but you can't just show up there and expect people to come to you. But it's a really cool tool if you are using it correctly. Yeah. And I think the whole thing about talking to your community and even that's something you can start small, like follow your clients, follow your potential clients, like see what your followers are expecting, what they want. You know, I was going to say like, there's no better way talking about expectations to get engagement. The second best is my templates, but I would say the first one is to understand the people know the language they use, know what their problems are, know what their challenges are, know where they spend too much time on, know what kind of like possibilities they need, the help they need, like understanding like what they desire, what they enjoy. That's the best way to get engagement, you know, because we can talk about showing up, but if you're just doing self-serving content that doesn't really acknowledge the person on the other side or, or works for them, of course, as businesses, this is a business tool. Of course, it's self-serving at the end, but it doesn't need to be posed as self-serving, you know, like it's needs to be catered for your audience. And I think 
understanding this audience and using Instagram to talk with them, like literally talk with them. You know, we talk about polls and quizzes on, in stories, like all those tools are, are like free research for you. And like to your point also, Laura, I think with like the benchmarking, that's something from the very beginning you can go ahead and do. Of course, if it's a brand new account, like you can't, you're starting from square one. So like post for whatever you want for 30 days and then benchmark those things and then try to figure out how you're going to strategically grow from. But knowing what those KPIs are, like what are we trying to, what are we even measuring? What is success here? And so how can I frame my expectations around what it is that I'm trying to do and then go from there? If you have had an account for a while, then maybe you just look at what's currently happening as your baseline and you go like, here's my current engagement. I want it to be, you know, higher by five, 10, 20% by the end of this month. Like here are the things I'm going to try to do, or I would love to book another client by the end of this month. And so here are the things that I'm going to try to do. And then like, look at all those metrics, set those benchmarks. And then like your expectation is, can I get another client or can I raise my engagement by 20%? And then you're doing things specifically to try to reach that expectation. So the only expectations you should have are the ones that get you closer to your business goals. Yeah. And I think yeah. understanding also the landscape, right? Like having realistic expectations about the landscape, because so many people come to us and they're like, I don't know what's happening. My engagement is low. I mean, engagement is low and hard for everybody and it's going to increasingly be harder. So I think people need to change their mindset and expect it to be hard and be maybe like, I don't know what's happening. My engagement is so high. It's right? high. <laughs> you know, it's the opposite. It's like, let's be delightfully this. surprised every this is week. Hard. Like, oh my it's God. not an easy, yeah, it's not an easy thing, you know? So I think we should expect that. Of course, we should be always working to get more out of it and to improve and to, you know, uh, refine what our voice is and what our content is. But I think I think let's expect that this is hard and not be surprised that something didn't perform. <laughs> it's sort of like if I just think that it's all going to suck, then I'll just be super like delighted all of the time. Yeah, know? it's going to be great. It's not how I go around about my life, but I think it's understanding that engagement is it's the landscape. It's not like, oh, engagement is high for everyone. What's what's wrong with you? It's the opposite. It's like it's hard for everybody. Big win that you got this engagement on this thing that this did really well, you know? Kind of off topic, but like when I first started on Instagram, like I said, I wasn't an Instagram educator. Actually, this is on topic. We're good. Um, <laughs> and I remember, and I remember I had like, I don't know, 20 followers at the time, but I made the point of like messaging all of them. And I was like, oh, so cool. I have 20 followers and I know all of them. Like, I was like, that is so cool because I, in my head, I was like, those 20 people know personally that I exist and they're going to tell their friends about me. And it was like, in hindsight, I'm like, that's kind of backwards. But like, I was doing the right thing at the time because I knew that those 20 people were going to do more work for me than 100 people who I didn't personally have a connection with. And I think that was one of the reasons I was able to grow my business really quickly, like the agency side, because so many of my clients came from connections I made on Instagram, which is like crazy now that I think about it. But whenever I have a friend starting a business, I'm like, make those connections, like connect with other business owners who are serving your dream clients, because those are going to be the ones that make that introduction for you. And they're going to be the ones that hire you. It's not crazy that you did it that way. I think a lot of people think when I get on Instagram and I post a bunch of content, that's how I'm going to attract my dream client. And I'm like, I, I mean, I have a free challenge. And the first thing is like low hanging fruit. Like, who do you know? You go to Starbucks, who's your barista, you go get your hair, your haircut, like those people who know you are going to be your advocates, right? So like you did that, you created a little referral network. And that just helped you actually get real life clients. 
But it wasn't even intentional. Right. Yeah, like I didn't have that business mind at the time. I was just like, oh, cool. I have 20 new friends. But like, <laughs> you're right. Like it is that low hanging fruit. Like those are the people that are going to refer to you and help you like share your content and grow your accounts. It's great. I think that reminds me of something that I've said to people before, because a lot of times it's like they just want to grow their business by posting on Instagram. And it's like, that's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. So I think especially as you have a smaller audience to think about connecting with people in a less passive way not forgetting to message people one-on-one like when i started educating people my first ever uh, instagram workshop that i hosted in person was sold out but because i manually messaged people on facebook that i knew personally that was on my facebook friends lists that i knew had small business or knew people that had small business i messaged personally like hundreds of people to get 25 to buy tickets and show up so i think we should not forget just because we have these platforms that we can just broadcast to people don't forget that you can say hello in dms i wouldn't go and cold pitch anything in dms of course but there's a beauty to have a tiny audience that we can actually have a personal hello to everyone don't do that automated just do a personal note if you get a new follower you know And that could be cool, like that you're not going to be able to do that when you grow your account. No, and that's something I miss about like having a smaller audience is like, I don't always know who's in the audience and you can't always respond to every DM. Obviously, like I love, like I'm so blessed and so fortunate to be where I am, but that's like something, yeah, like you miss that because you don't know who's there sometimes. I know we're talking a lot about like individual conversations from our perspective too, but I guess like before we wrap this up, like for people who have product-based businesses, right? And they're getting started, like maybe they don't want it to be like a, um, when they when they first get going, it's not like I want to have a personal conversation with everyone who's like, you know, and try to make them buy my product. Right. But I think going back to the strategic partnerships, I believe that would be if you're doing it yourself, I think like considering like who maybe you could like partner with who already have like a large like trusted audience and you can like pay them and send them your product and have them try it out like that would be a really great way to get started with a small account as well it's just like a, focus on the pay them part the pay yeah pay them and send them your pro- and send them your product and if they yeah and like come up with some way to collaborate with them where they're helping bring some new eyeballs to your to your stuff i think those individual conversations like what laura was talking about about a referral network who's like going and helping you find clients it's the same principle for like a product base. It doesn't mean you don't have, you have to be the face of your business and show up and whatnot. You can have somebody on your team reach out to your referral network, which could be influencers and creators and work out a deal with them because they're going to share your product and bring them back to your small account and hopefully grow up by multitudes very quickly. But don't expect that because <laughs> realistic expectations, <laughs> lower yeah. expectations, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. again, again, like, you know, I think do people, you know, speaking of expectations, again, again, people do expect that, oh, they do one post of an influencer, their account is going to grow and blow up and they're going to sell a bunch of stuff. That's the first touch that people need to have multiples off to become a lead. So I think like, you know, consider doing longer term partnerships or also consider that that's the first tiny step that you're taking towards more eyeballs in your brand. Totally. Well, it goes back to what we were just talking about. Engagement's hard for everyone and including the influencer, right? So like they've built up an audience, but not every piece of content they share. Yeah. And even if that engagement is great and these people get the message, it takes multiples. So I think just, again, like expectations are everything because I think the way our industry is right now is that people are consistently disappointed because none of their expectations are being met. So when none of your expectations are being met, maybe we need a little adjustment there and understand what it takes, that it's hard for everyone. I know so many people that they're like, oh, they have a small audience, they have a cool, legit business, they're 
very talented. And they're like, oh, I just created this course, but it didn't sell, you know, and they didn't even do anything big. They don't have a big audience. And it's like, it's a tiny percentage thing. And you need to talk about it like a lot for a long time. So I think just adjusting those expectations to be more realistic are a big step into better mental health as it comes to your business and Instagram and more balance in your life and just be happy with your accomplishments and not always chasing other disappointments. Yeah, and quick results because that's what, I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, I have this program that I just launched and a lot of the people who went through the first class and this one, I, I go back and I'm like, wait, they've been following me since 2016, 2017. They may have bought a template a long time ago and then maybe they bought a previous course and like that customer journey, like you just don't know when somebody's going to convert. Like you said, those multiple touch points. And so for me, like it might look like on the surface right now, like, oh my gosh, like I filled a whole class of like my high ticket program very easily and very quickly. But the reality is a lot of the people that have, they've been with me for years before they decided to like jump into something like that. So I think that's something to keep in mind for folks too. The, the longevity of a follower, even just once they're following you might take a little while to convert them if they stick around on that journey with you for a while. I said that today also to someone else but saying like every time you do for example a sales post that doesn't perform as you want maybe you sell nothing with that sales post you're one step closer to that sale you know so there it's definitely a journey and i think that's really big on expectations to understand that i also want to remind people of like the longevity and the journey of your own relationship with instagram and your own business and i was working with a business coach recently and we were talking about like this is my career and like if i had pursued a traditional career path you know traditional in quotation marks and you know i went to law school i wanted to become a lawyer i wouldn't go to work for a week and be like oh i'm not partner i'm out of here like that would not happen right so like we have to consider that like is this your career yeah is this your long-term goal like i don't know about you guys but like i want to do this for the rest of my life like i love what i do like maybe i'll change a little bit along the way it'll look a little bit different but like the entrepreneurial journey like i see this for the rest of my life so i don't expect to show up and this is something i've worked on recently so i'm not gonna like sit on my high horse and be like i've always done this but like more recently i'm thinking like this is my career so yeah like you know my husband he's a doctor he didn't go to his first day of work and say i am now the chief of surgery like that's not how it works right <laughs> so i think we have to have that expectation like in a traditional career path like you do have to show up for years consistently and adjust your expectations along the way and i think because we see these overnight successes and these influencers who have two million followers out of the gate, it can feel like we're measuring ourselves against those people. And that can really like, skew the expectations. So I want to give everyone that little perspective that I found helpful recently. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love it. I think that's our, our mic drop moment. I think there that's it is. the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, girls. So nice to chat with you both. Thank you everyone for tuning in for another episode of Close Friends No Filter. And we'll be back again soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Close Friends No Filter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave us a review or share it with your close friends. And make sure to follow this podcast so you never miss a new episode. You can learn more about each of us, submit your questions or new episode ideas, or just say hi by heading to www.closefriendsnofilter.com or by following us on Instagram at closefriendsnofilter.com.